I believe there are two indisputable truths of life, and I'm willing to be disputed on these. First one is that we are all longing for happiness, every single one of us, that everything that we do in life, we do it because we believe it will make us happy. That's what we're longing for. The second indisputable truth is that life is best conceptualized as suffering. Because no matter what we do or what we attain in this life, nothing can satisfy our hearts. Hence the first reading. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity in passing of the wind. Spoken by Koheleth, a man who, he, all he does is he lists every single thing you could ever desire in this earth. And he says, I had it. And I had it for years. And it's all passing away. And I'm still unsatisfied. So what's the answer to the dilemma? We're made for happiness, and yet we do not find the answer to that happiness here on earth. The complete answer. Well, it comes in St. Paul. The answer is a life that is properly oriented towards heaven. Seek what is above. Think about what is above, not as on earth. You know, famous philosopher Thomas Hobbes, he once said, he conceptualized man's life as going from one happiness to another until you die. That's it. Seeking one happy moment, one happy experience after another until it's all over. And that's why you would conclude that life is brutish, mean, and short. Because if there's one reality, it's that the more we try to seek our happiness on earth, the more unhappy we become. Just like what Christ says, those who seek to save their life loses it. But I've come to also see that the opposite is true. Right? That those who seek their happiness in Christ, that those who understand and place their ultimate desires in heaven, become filled with a mysterious joy, a great peace. And why is that? Well, because they have a proper expectation of life. They're not going into life expecting that it can give more than it can. Therefore, when suffering comes along, it doesn't destroy them. It doesn't flatten them. They understand that and they accept reality. This was a big wake-up call for me. Before I was called to be a priest, the world seemed so much more serious. Because I had all my hopes and dreams in this life and everything I wanted to accomplish here and now. And so I was so frustrated when anything went wrong or anything got in the way. But as soon as God called me to be a priest and I was able to let go and put my hopes in heaven, the world is so beautiful to me now. Like there's, a, there's a joy in my heart that nothing can take away. Because I understand that no matter what happens in this life, no matter what I lose, whatever I suffer, I understand that this isn't my final resting place. So I'm okay. I'm free with that. So when you change your expectations in life, it changes you. You know, this past week, I've been all, going to all these youth camps this summer. I had a 14-year-old girl come up to me and ask if she could speak to me. She had already tears, like, building up in her eyes. So I was like, oh, this is not going to be fun. So I go over to the side, and, and we sit down, and I ask her, you know, how she's doing. And she just makes a long sigh, and she says, you know, people ask me that all the time. And I, I always tell them I'm okay because I, that's what I think I'm supposed to say. But the truth is, I'm not okay. Something's wrong with me. I'm like, 14 years old, okay, let's delve into this. 
what's wrong? She says, well, things aren't good with my father right now. We, haven't, we don't get along. I have a really bad self-image. I get in fights with my girlfriends a lot. And I liked a boy who treated me really badly. And so I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like, that's life. This is life. Those things don't change. And this is something that everybody struggles with. It's okay that all your relationships aren't the way that they're supposed to be. She goes, but everyone looks so happy, and yet I feel so bad. And I said, no, they're just better liars than you. That's all. We're all miserable. It's okay. It's okay, because we're supposed to be happy in heaven. This isn't the place for total happiness. I was like, happiness will come and go. It it's, comes from the word happening. There's moments of it. And it's beautiful. Rejoice when it comes. But the purpose of life is not to be happy. We're in a valley of tears, a land of exile. Your happiness comes in heaven. That's why Jesus Christ said before he left, you will have troubles in this life. But take courage. For I have conquered this life. I have conquered this world. And you should have seen the light that went on in her eyes. So it's okay that I'm not happy. Yes, it's okay. And it's going to be like that a lot in your life. But you will be happy if you live your life in such a way that you're seeking that happiness in heaven. You'll actually be much happier in life even when things are falling apart and you don't feel so good about yourself. She just looked at me, she goes, that, it makes so much sense. Why is this the first time anyone's ever told me that? And I think this is such a product of our times, you know, this attitude of, you know, we're, we're told so often we're supposed to be happy. God wants you to be happy. Do what makes you happy, right? So you get on Facebook, you look on social media, everybody looks so happy because they're putting up Photoshopped images of the best moments of their life. And then you're sitting there wondering, well, what's wrong with me? Why is my life bad? Why did I get the short end of the stick? It's because you have the the wrong expectations of life. That's why it's so dangerous, because that's what pulls us into an attitude of despair. And this is the problem. We are made for happiness. And every single one of us is longing to be happy. But we live in a valley of tears, a land of exile. And right now, and this is the greatest truth, the strongest temptation every single one of us faces is to seek the answer to our final happiness here on earth. To try to turn the valley of tears into a garden paradise. To turn the exile into a home. That's, that's what's behind every sin. I want my happiness here and now. And that's, that's when people fall for utopian ideology, utopian dreams. Because utopias always promise to make us happy right here, right now. And when we forget that we're on a journey, we fall for that. When Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the author of the Gulag Archipelago, when he was asked, why was it that so many people in Russia fell for the communist utopian ideology, the Marxist ideology that forget heaven, build a heaven on earth right now. Why did so many people fall for that? It led to the death of more than 60 million people in 80 years. 
And he said five words. Because we forgot about God. Because we forgot about God. When we forget about God, we forget about our destiny. And we take those natural longings for happiness that are meant to be fulfilled in time. And we say, I want that here and now. Our life stops being a journey and we look for it to be a destination. And we become willing, and this is it, we become willing to break every single commandment of God in order to find that happiness here and now. Why has the West become a divorce culture? Because we have based our understanding of love on Hollywood blockbuster movies. And so people go into marriage with the idea that the other person will be the complete answer to my heart. You need to satisfy me. You need to make this a heaven on earth for me. I'm meant to be happy and I'm marrying you so you can make me happy. Just like Leonardo does in DiCaprio in all his movies. He always makes the women perfectly happy. It's a false expectation. And so when things fall apart, what happens? Well, obviously we're not meant to be married because I'm meant to be happy. So let's go our separate ways and I'll seek it somewhere else. Why is the West trying to redefine marriage, gender, sexuality? Because we've forgotten about God. And so we tell people, if you have an inclination, if you have a desire, you have the right to fulfill it. You deserve to be happy here and now. So do what feels good. The problem is, it doesn't work because it's not the answer. And that's the worst part of it all. This is the crux, is when our society tells people that they should be happy, we create a false expectation of life, and when they follow down that road and encounter suffering, well, they're just as hope, they're so much more hopeless than before. They have nowhere else to turn, and then they feel so much worse about themselves. This was supposed to work. I was supposed to be satisfied. What's wrong with me? Why is all life against me? And that's when you fall into despair. We long for happiness, but we live in exile. So what's the answer to the dilemma? Well, the answer is a proper orientation of life. St. Paul says, seek what is above, where Christ is. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Do those words resonate with you? He's talking to Christians. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Your happiness is there. Seek your happiness in the next life and orient your life in such a way that everything that you're doing is leading you back to God in heaven. That's what saves us from the utopian ideals of trying to find our heaven on earth. You seek what is above. So life isn't about finding happiness. You're not going to hear this message anywhere else in these times. Life isn't about finding happiness. It's about being properly oriented towards heaven so that everything I do in my life gets me closer to that destination where my happiness, my fulfillment, 
awaits me in Christ. And this does not mean living a miserable life, right? Like life sucks and then you die, but then you're with Christ, so it's all good. No. Why do we have, we have more, more money is spent on narcotics to numb the pain of life in the 21st century in the West than any other time in the history of the world. Why are we such a depressed society? Because the more you look for happiness in this life, the more unhappy you become because your expectations are so high. But when you change your focus and you start seeking your happiness in heaven, well, it's okay that things aren't going well. It's okay that your spouse is imperfect. It's okay that you're not perfect. It's okay that you don't make enough money. It's okay that you don't have perfect health in your body. It's okay that your life isn't turning out exactly as you wanted it to. It's okay then. Because you're on a journey and this isn't the end. And this isn't the place where everything needs to be okay. That's why so many of the saints, what do we find in all the lives of the saints? They suffered tremendously. And they suffered tremendously because God was detaching their heart from this earth. Because the more we suffer, the more things are not the way we want them to be here, the more we long for heaven, the place where all things will come together. And when you have that kind of mentality, when things fall apart, when, when suffering visits your door, which it visits all of our doors, you won't be caught thinking like that girl, you know, why is life so hard for me? Why am I different from everybody else? You're not. Life is suffering. We're suffering. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay to suffer because we're not home yet. It's okay that your life isn't exactly as you wanted it to be or thought it should be. What matters is, are you properly oriented towards heaven at this moment? That's the question to ask ourselves. Which means, are you treating this world like a ship and not a home? Which means, are you being faithful to God's commandments rather than the utopian ideologies of our time that try to promise you heaven on earth if you just disobey God? If you just follow what makes you happy, do your own thing. It means actively seeking the things that are above, directing my life and my heart and my desires in the next life principally and everything else filters from that. And in one moment, Jesus Christ, who is above, the one whom we seek, is about to come below. And he's going to join us on this very altar. Every single time we come to Mass, Christ descends to be with us here. He joins us in our valley of tears, in our land of exile. And he comes so that when we receive him in the Eucharist, the Eucharist for God, it's like a fishing hook. When we receive him, he, he latches on to our hearts and he pulls us towards eternity. Always to remind us that you're not there yet. Come after me. Run after me. That's what it means to be rich in what matters to God. Like Christ said in the gospel, woe to you who hoard up riches on earth but are not rich in what matters to God. 
What matters to God? Your longing for heaven. Your longing for Christ. Are you filled with a longing for heaven? You'll know that by what you do between Sunday afternoon and the next weekend. Is your life reflecting that desire for heaven? Are your actions that you're doing every single day reflecting that you're longing for heaven? That's what it means to be rich in what matters to God. And then we can be joyful. Then life, I promise you, will become so much more beautiful. Even your spouse will become so much more beautiful. Your children will become so much more beautiful because you'll have the right expectations. For you have died and your life, your heart, your happiness, it is buried with Christ and God in heaven where the answer to every desire of your heart awaits you.